1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You are listening to the Use Case Podcast today. I have one of my friends and, and uh, colleagues, Bill Fanning. Uh, we've known each other online for at least uh, a century, uh, possibly 125 years. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about the company that, that he loves and the use case, specifically, of uh, Local Job Network. And Bill, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having us.
1: Or well, having have, me. Oh, no worries. And uh, you have no options. That you have to do well. You can't do anything that <laughs> else. That's right. That. That's the only option. It's the 2020 version of of doing well. Um, so let's get right into it. First, first things first. Uh, introduce yourself uh, for the audience, both you and and Local Job Network.
0: Sure. Um, so my name is Bill Fanning. I've been in this industry for as you mentioned, about 125 years. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very uh, passionate supporter of recruitment advertising, specifically to help diverse communities find meaningful employment. Uh, I'm super excited at Local Job Network because that aligns very well with their core mission. And uh, so Local Job Network today just rebranded itself as Circa. And cool. our mission is to focus 100% on helping organizations be more successful with diversity. So uh,
1: that's... So, so, Bill, the spelling of Circa and the domain, what's, the, what's sure It what is, is
0: C-I-R-C-A works, W-O-R-K-S dot com.
1: Dot com. Yep. And and so the name is Circa C-I-R-C-I-A. Love it. That's a great name. Well, No, done. C-I-R-C-A. C-I-R-C-A. I, yep. I put the the CIA in there. God. That's it. it. You, we we don't need the CIA in there.
0: We're okay. getting conditioned.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, oh, Circa. So, yep. this is that's perfect. Good. Um, okay, so for Circa, after you do the demo with folks, and again, we'll do, we'll just use Circus name because of with the rebrand. I, I'd rather use the 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 new name. Um, what do people say? What do like when people look at what you have? What what do they what do they say? And then how do they how do they currently sell this internally? Like when they get off a demo with you or one of your colleagues, it's like I fell in love with this. This is going to help us uh, with X, Y, and Z. And then how do they carry that conversation to the CFO, CEO, CHRO, their peers, sourcing team, whomever that they need to carry it to? How do they do that right now?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So it breaks into, I would say it breaks into three categories. Um, So the majority of the organizations we do business with come to us to maintain their compliance with OFCCP regulations, right? They're a federal contractor, subcontractor. They're doing business with the federal government in a way that they have to maintain adherence with OFCCP. And what we do for them uh, is obviously distribute their jobs in a way that under the guidelines of OFCCP, they they need. So organizations like us in that, and so we service uh over 4,000 organizations, soon to be over 5,000, because we're also today uh, acquiring America's Job Exchange. Um, they pick us because we do a couple things very well. We we make them compliant with OFCCP, right? So putting the jobs to the state job banks is simple. So people go to us and they go to the director of compliance or the CFO or some of the executive team, and they say, look, we can check this box and not worry about it anymore. These guys will knock it out of the park. They are have great state relationships. Their jobs go to the states, we're good. They have a database of 25,000 local outreach centers They help us build those relationships and maintain them and track the activity, which is what OFCCP is looking for. So from a compliance standpoint, we'll do great. Um, they look at the head of HR and they say, Local Job Network supports a network of over 600 niche and local recruiting solutions or job sites, URLs, that help us connect with unique, credible, online diverse communities to increase the effectiveness of our diversity recruitment advertising. They bring or will bring more diversity candidates into our pipeline. So from a goal standpoint as the head of HR, Knowing that diversity is one of the critical catalysts to growth in today's economy, certainly with what's going on in today's market, we can make that uh, very uh, productive and and help them. You know, we as Circa grows, we'll help them with other things. But today, we can help them make the connection and get their jobs in front of diversity candidates in a way that they can easily see them, engage them, and apply to them. And then the third thing I think we can do is for the talent team is help them find those diversity candidates and find ways to connect with them because, you know, the mandate, unfortunately, in today's organization, diversity typically comes as a mandate from senior leadership down to a team saying, improve diversity. And the, and a lot of times the reason it sputters is because the people in those roles don't necessarily have the background skill set connections and understanding of the market to effectively make that a reality. And so we can help the diversity, the recruiting team, talent acquisition team, make that happen simply and easily, right? So from the executive standpoint, we're keeping them compliant. They can easily pass an audit. We've never failed one. From the head of HR, we're gonna build great local relationships with credible communities to help them get more diversity candidates in the pipeline. And from the talent acquisition team, sourcing team, they're sitting there with jobs. Now they've had a, a, an increase of candidates of all walks and shapes where they can source and screen and impl- and put people into a hiring funnel so a hiring manager can look at a more diverse audience. And organizations really like that. So we meet that kind of three three buckets of what people like about us and we do it exceptionally cost-effectively. We are not the cheapest, but we are not the most expensive, but we are very good at what we do for the price we charge. And that's why we have such a sizable customer base. Again, when we look at other people in our market, their customers count in the hundreds and ours count in the thousands.
1: So, okay. So businesses that do business with the government. So let's say we're a GM And we sell vans to the government. The government has rules that, you know, some would say (laughs) laws. (laughs) The government has rules that as a supplier, you have to comply with. And uh, it could be all kinds of other things. But so what if they don't do business? With with the government because I, I know that you you know I know that you got those folks covered dead to left uh, yeah. with everything that Circa uh, does so I, I feel comfortable with what you've done historically in doing in terms of making that case so if I'm at again if I'm the VP of Talent Acquisition at GM this is a no-brainer. This is an easy discussion because you've got me covered on compliance. You've got me covered, uh, you know, in terms of well, diversity and inclusion. Uh, you've got me covered on as a sourcing tool, kind of a talent, you know, a pool. Uh, so, like that, I absolutely 100% get. But what if I'm at Ford, and again, I'm using random names, um, and I don't do business with the government? Do do they care? Um, and then we'll kind of talk about should they care? So
0: do they care? Yes. And we do work with a number of organizations that are looking for that community-based outreach to build the relationships, to better connect them to their local communities, to fill their open positions with qualified candidates from the community that they're counting on to come use their services or buy their products, right? So we do that for a number of organizations. And um, as Circa continues to expand, we're going to be dramatically increasing our ability to help to do that. But when companies come to us that are looking for diversity support, they look at the network that we've built, both in the URLs that we maintain as niche job sites for diversity and local recruiting, to connect them to diverse communities in the local markets, as well as that local out, the the outreach capabilities of our outreach management system, over 25,000 community-based organizations, one-stop centers, Easter Seals, uh, veterans, disability, diversity, LBGT communities, um, to help them gain that traction and presence in those groups to get them to see and be able to engage in a job. So. Organizations love it, and they, they come to us to do it. The second part of your question is, should they be doing it? And that's, I think, the heart of the matter. And the answer to that is absolutely. Yeah. Today, the largest percentage of the workforce is millennials. It is the most diverse group of candidates out there. So sitting here today as a hiring manager, today is the day that your your hiring your, your candidate population out there is the least diverse. Every day that goes by from this point going forward, your customer base and your candidate base become more diverse. And if you're not adopting your processes, your messaging, your brand, your approach to support and bring those diverse candidates to your organization and then have a hiring process that makes them feel welcome and want to join your organization, and then this is where the most important part hits the ground to give them the inclusion and the equity and the sense of belonging, that they're not just a diversity hire but they're a valued employee, then you're not going to be successful long-term because, you know, 2044, not too long from now, it's an even playing field. Uh, The white community, which I am part of, and um, is no longer the majority, And we are, which I'm excited for because we're a a truly blended community across our country. So you have to adapt your business to be able to hire, sell, and communicate in that environment that's coming.
1: So when you talked, first of all, Making the case for diversity and inclusion at this point seems like uh, almost an IQ test uh, on some level that if people don't get it, then you probably should just stop talking to them. Um, However... Um, you do probably run up against people, uh, sourcers, you know, recruiters, talent acquisition leaders, uh, hiring managers that maybe they're not as informed or maybe they're not as, uh, maybe they're not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. What's your, what's your entree into that conversation? Like, how do you, I'm not trying to say bring them around, but how do you kind of, how do you bring them into that new, that new reality? Um, conversationally? How do you kind of bring them into that?
0: Um, that's a that's an awesome question. So sometimes, you, it depends who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I often do is, instead of talking about diversity, I talk about hard-to-fill positions. All and right. I talk about the Smart. dynamics of the market. Smart. And so I'll say, look, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, Let's talk about your hard-to-fill positions and why are they hard to fill? Great. And often it's because of a skill set. Uh, a very my- Organizations have a very myopic view of the candidate that they're willing to talk to, or there's just not enough of them. And so I challenged him to say, okay, well, let's, let's break that down. And so you have a developer. You're looking for a developer to come to your organization. You have a particular tech stack. You put that in your ETS system. You put that in your recruiting marketing platform. You put that in your AI engine. And what do they do? They filter out good quality candidates. Because you're finite in the way you look at the keywords in the market. And so what if we were able to work with you to bring you qualified candidates they come from a wider background out of the military where they don't do a good job translating their skill set and their background. What if they're coming from another country or they're working in another tech stack or they're newer to the job market or not coming from the right university? And they'll say, oh, well, yeah, it would be open. I was like, well, that's diversity. At I its core, it. that's what it is. It's being open to qualified candidates with a broader spectrum of background, skill set, and experience to come be part of your organization.
1: I love this because it's essentially instead of being over the head with something maybe affirmative action or diversity-related language, keywords that might set them off emotionally into a different place, you basically don't say those things. No, you, you come at them and just say, "All right, you know, you're trying to find talent. This is about a game of finding talent. Well, good. Let's talk about finding talent. Love that. All right, three questions. Sure. First, and I don't want pricing per se, but I would like to know uh, from a use case perspective: How do they pay? Is this a subscription? Is it based on jobs? Is it again? I don't want to know pricing. I want to just know fundamentally, like uh, the economic model.
0: Absolutely. So we have uh, an annual contract. Okay. which can be purchased in single or multiple years. And it's based on the volume of effort we need to put in to maintain the relationship and plus a fair market profit. Um, and that effort is driven by job volume, right? So the more jobs you have, the more work we have to do. So we come up with a cost model for the year based on the volume of jobs and the size of your organizations and then you know what you need us to do for you. But again, it's, it's a fair market value and uh, we have found a lot of organizations find it very cost-effective.
1: I like that. Well, and, and, and again, that makes sense that somebody's that's hiring 100 uh, candidates versus someone that's hiring 10,000 candidates, the pricing model is going to – obviously, your cost is going to be different, and so the price sure. is going to be – that makes sense. Yeah. Where in the workflow – so I'm assuming – because you mentioned recruitment marketing, I'm assuming that workflow-wise that this is top of funnel, that you're up up at the front, and then recruitment marketing then comes in and does what they do, and then those folks then apply to the job. But you're the expert here. Where where in in the talent acquisition workflow, where do you reside?
0: That's a great question. We are definitely top of funnel, right? We are taking open positions as they become available for the public. Some organizations have rules doing internally Mm -hmm. first or whatever they are. But as soon as they are ready for the public, we want them on the, if you're in a compliance situation, you want them on the States, the locals and doing all the right things. If you are a diversity, you want to get them out in front of and start building awareness in the right online communities. Um, You know, women in technology, women developers, black engineers, uh, Asian professionals, Hispanic, you know, whatever your criterias are. And so we, work early before we start taking the jobs to understand the recruitment needs of the customer so we can build the right distribution architecture to make them successful. Um, so here's one of the gr- great question of where in the process with recruitment marketing. Often we come before recruitment marketing gets in there, but one of the challenges we've seen, and this is really where the diversity train breaks, is when you get a diverse candidate, and I'm, you know, I spent 10 years in the military, so I'll use a veteran from personal experience. I see a job on a veteran-driven website. I read the description. And I say, hey, you know what? I can do that. I'm going to apply. I come back to an ATS landing page because I click on the link on the URL that's associated with the posting on the site, drives me back to an ATS system, and I land on a page. Now, I'm a military veteran. I land on a page and I see four early twenty white or Asian people high fiving each other over a wooden coffee table. It has a Mac, a pad of paper, and a cappuccino. Mm-hmm. We have that Southern California vibe going. Mm-hmm. And I am the veteran going. No way in heck am I going to work with that at this company. They will no. not get me. No. So the challenge I would put back, and we do put back to a lot of companies, is we are at the top of the funnel, but recruitment marketing and your brand has to be effective to make this work.
1: Right. And so that's also probably a reason to work with agencies as well, or in tandem with agencies to make sure that they get that part right—the careers page and and uh, hell, even the you know the job description and job ads—to make sure that those things are straight too. Um, yeah. Last, last thing, and, sure. and, and what should we have talked about related to Circa and the use case for Circa that we didn't get around to?
0: I think the challenge that organizations have today and what Circa is defined on helping solve is how to become an organization that's open, supportive, and welcoming for anyone. And that we can take a broad spectrum of employees, make them successful, feel included, feel part of an organization, and make that not something that sits with one person or one team, but is the culture of the community. And I think that's our mission and why we're moving from local job network to Circa, because we've recognized that this diversity trend, topic, whatever you want to call it, that's been around for so long, I mean, we've been doing this for a while, and diversity has always been talked about, has gone f- from something that an organization should be doing to mission imperative, successful future, when you look at the market that's out there, and the importance of being an open and welcoming community. I mean, even if I, even if you are looking at a twenty-five-year-old today, which would be a, a white male, the people that are in the workforce today, when they look at an organization that they don't see that welcoming, diversity, supportive organization, they don't want to work there. Right. So it's a turnoff to the community. So that's what we're here to help employers do. I think there's great intentions, but a lack of knowledge and capability in most. And we want to solve that for them.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, then you, you, you touched on it as well Is that, that sense of belonging. If you, if, you don't see, if you can't see yourself there belonging, then you're automatically put off. I love it, Bill. Thank you uh, so much for coming on. And I appreciate, and it's great timing that, uh, that y'all did some really cool things uh, in the market. And uh, I can't wait to learn a little bit more about that offline. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, I appreciate you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, it was a great chat. I'm looking. I'm, I'm thankful for it.
1: All right, my friend. Listen, uh, have a great day and for everyone listening at home, uh, until next time.
0: You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at RecruitingDaily.com.